0: Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies in New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen. On today's review-only episode of the show, I'll be joined by New Haven independent reporter Alan Appel for a discussion of Martin Scorsese's new movie, Silence, based on the 1966 historical novel by Shusaku Endo about two 17th-century Portuguese missionaries who traveled to Japan in search of a lost Jesuit mentor. We'll talk about this cinematic auteur's latest take on faith, punishment, and evangelism, as well as about the many different ways that this movie visualizes religious persecution and resilience. So first, Alan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have Um, you here. Nice to see you. On the first segment of the show. It's great. Uh, Alan is a reporter for, Alan Appel is a reporter for the New Haven Independent and the co-host of the WNHH program, This Day in New Haven History. So Alan, nearly 30 years ago, Martin Scorsese came out with the highly controversial The Last Temptation of Christ, a fictionalized version of the Gospels based on a novel by Greek writer Nikos Kazantzakis that starred Willem Dafoe as a historical Jesus nearly torn asunder by conflicting impulses. On the one hand, to live a life of physical comfort and humanly happiness, and on the other, to accept, accept the mysterious understanding that a silent god has made itself incarnate within him and has demanded excruciating physical pain and sacrifice in order to achieve some sort of spiritual salvation for all mankind. So the movie makes clear that physical abuse and spiritual doubt are inextricably linked in the trials that any good religious martyr must face. Um, In Silence, we find Scorsese back at these themes of pain, doubt, and salvation, but this time in 17th century Japan, where Padres Rodriguez and Garupe, played by Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver, have traveled in search of their lost Portuguese mentor, Ferrara, played by Liam Neeson. But really, they're there because they wish to heroically preserve the word of Jesus amidst the Japanese Buddhist regime's brutal persecution of the island's small Christian minority. So, Alan, as you traveled from Portugal to Nagasaki to the various desolate Christian communities on the coast of Japan with Rodriguez and Garupe, did you find Scorsese's portrait of the trials and temptations of these missionaries compelling or Constructive in any way, or were you simply waiting to see the next inventive, gruesome means by which religious minorities can be tortured by an oppressive monolithic regime?
1: Whoa. well, I tell you what what I, what I um, think about as I reflect on the movie is that it, it, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, Edo, the coast of Japan, all the villages are beautiful. Um, and I, I really wish the camera had stayed on the gorgeous coastlines um and uh, and and the 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 mountaintops much more than um, uh, on the next torture sequence you know I've I got to say um, uh, listening to your description of uh, what he did with the last temptation of Christ um it's too much for me to watch this film I do think it really is just over the top with suffering and I you know I you know at, at the risk of offending uh um, potential listeners um uh who who may have a deeper understanding of uh christianity and the relationship between spirituality and uh you know blood flow i'm this there's the term that came to my mind is kind of like crucifixion porn um and i i uh i just thought the movie was fatally flawed fatally flawed because um uh, that uh, all this counter-reformation horror, these images of blood and torture, which are extreme and take up a huge portion of this film in the beginning, the middle and the end. And you know uh, it, it is working up to um, you know major torture sequences, which it crescendos into at the end. Um, the biggest flaw for me about this film is that um, it never makes the case for me that this that suffering is all worth it. Uh, it makes too much of an assumption. I think the movie is missing sort of like a first act, um, that, uh, you know, Rodriguez and uh, Garupe, um, they talk about uh, the Liam Neeson character, Father Ferreira, uh, at some length, um, uh, and we see him being tortured, but then he disappears for an hour and ten minutes, uh, and we'll only meet him um, after he has apostatized and become a Buddhist um, and very frankly, that's when the movie starts for me because there's a wonderful dialogue between Liam Neeson and his Buddhist robes at the Zendo and uh, Father Rodriguez about the superiority of Buddhism and these people over this rampaging evangelizing Christianity. Um, that argument um, needed to be made in some fashion to justify all of this. Um, and I think a Scorsese... Um, uh, is still working out his doubts, but he just assumes too much.
0: So I th- I think that we can agree that Scorsese is much more interested in the trials and tribulations that uh, religious believers experience on their path towards understanding of, or kind of comprehension of their own faith than where they end up itself. I think that that conversation between uh, Liam Neeson's Ferrara and between the Slowly like veering towards apostatizing Andrew Garfield's Rodriguez is part of that trial, even though it is at a much kind of slower, subtler, low key tempo, um, and it's delivered with relative equanimity. This is just like the you know, there's a reason why um, Scorsese was interested in making a movie about the temptations of Christ as opposed to the various miracles and then the redemption and the salvation and stuff. He's interested in what is all of these different. Uh, usually kind of my, or at least the ones that I'm most interested in—the more mild-mannered, the the sins and temptations that don't necessarily look like temptations, but when they're presented to you, you're really thrown into a lot of spiritual tumult. Because that conversation, on the face of it, it seems like just a rational debate over which religion is most appropriate for this country or is most appropriate for preaching to the people, and also the kind of ethics of missionary work and evangelism. But, we're but I su- think that.
1: But we're supposed to. Uh, empathize with these two young priests. We're supposed to feel their passion. And I don't think I I quite got
0: there either, but I do think that that is what Scorsese is interested in as a filmmaker, and that Mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily a debate for Rodriguez as to which religion is most appropriate here. This is a trial of his Christian faith. Uh, Now, Again, that doesn't necessarily resonate with me, but I do think that it's an interesting way to present um, the the struggles of a character over the course of a story. I before coming in here, I watched the nine minute uh, Spanish Inquisition musical sequence from Mel Brooks's History of the World Part One <laughs> because I well, thought this, you know, more so than anything else, this silence and its you know gratuitous returns over and over again to this type of religious persecution reminded me a bit of that that Mel Brooks sequence. antidote? Um, be- because you I mean you have we have people being beheaded. We have people crucified uh looking out on the shores. We have people pushed into the water and drowned while wrapped in bamboo. We have numerous different ways that people are submitted to all of this this torture. But I think that the most interesting trial and the one that I found a perfect visual metaphor for everything that Scorsese wanted us to understand about Garfield's character's tri- uh, trials here is the stepping on the religious icon. Every time that someone is presented with the kind of threat or the opportunity to step on an icon, I I was hooked. Even if I kind of tuned out during the torture sequence, I thought this is a bit gratuitous. Every time, you know, the, the way that this shogunate um, requires suspected Christians of to denounce their faith is by putting this very small, usually like a wooden block print representation of Christ or of Mary or of someone in the Holy Christian group, they put it on the ground and they say, okay, if you're not a Christian step on this. And that happens maybe five or six, maybe more times over the course of the movie. And every single time I found it riveting. Um, Did you, And and it was it was riveting for me, not just because of the suspense and the cutting and the, you know, looking at people's eyes as they look down and trying to figure out, are they going to take that step? But here is just a very small representation of their faith. And it's a moment when they have to decide, is this just a formality? Is this just a symbol that I'm stepping on or am I truly sacrificing something core to my being? Um, Did that do those sequences uh, counterbalance the kind of gratuitous torture for you at all?
1: No, they were just, they were reliefs for for, for me. It was a relief that we didn't have to watch, uh, uh, you know, another uh, 20 minutes of of torture. And you only covered a portion of the various ways people could be tortured. Uh, The the most gruesome one being being uh, hung upside down
0: in in a pit pit
1: with a little slit behind your ear uh, so that the blood drops out of you um, one drop at a time. I mean, the Japanese, uh, the Buddhist... um, and they showed a remarkable appreciation of the, uh, a reformation, um, uh, interest in, in blood and the tools, um, which are often represented in, 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 you know, in, in, um, um, 17th century, um, compositions of depositions, you know, the tools, uh, that were used. Um, you know, my problem is the, uh, is, is that, uh, I didn't, uh, you know the the physical suffering that that um that the japanese peasants were going through um was so terrible uh either it overwhelmed or uh <clears throat> uh took my attention away from whatever uh internal trials he, uh, father rodriguez was going through maybe it was a failure of uh, what is that uh, Which actor is that
0: rodriguez is andrew garfield who we saw in another well, uh, serious religious role in mel gibson's hacksaw ridge right where he is Another, he's a soldier, a pacifist, a Seventh-day Adventist, who is so wrapped up in the tenets of his religion that he, I mean, he puts himself in very serious physical danger, but that is more of a, um, it's gratuitous, but it's also kind of a jaunt. There isn't a lot of uh, kind of psychological or intellectual no, you trauma didn't. with him. He's thinking, how can his body physically survive this? But he knows that he's going to be fine because he has, right. he has he, God on his side. Here, he's,
1: he's, playing, he's playing a hillbilly there also. Right. And here he plays... Obviously, a sophisticated uh Jesuit with a strong education and um, but
0: also someone racked with doubt. I mean, the silence of the title of the movie refers to the the absence or presence of God's uh, words in his ear, and how much can anyone read into that silence when you see such physical suffering i mean maybe maybe this movie doesn't maybe the story doesn't work at all if you don't see constant reminders of the physical brutality of this world. Uh, as a counterpoint to you know constantly making your challenge, is this really you know are you really sacrificing all of this? No, I think for it's a,
1: I think Tom it's a, a silent you know, I mean I, I accept that, that that the real drama of the movie has got to be um, uh, it, it, uh, the um father the Rodriguez's internal drama but his face doesn't make you understand it I, you know when he finally meets Liam Neeson you know a, an hour an hour and ten minutes of torture sequences later. Uh, and and he sits face to face with Liam Neeson, and I think the camera is on Liam Neeson's face more than on um, Andrew Garfield's face during these interchanges. Neeson is able to convey what he has gone through, what his own apostatizing has meant, uh, how becoming a Buddhist is, um, is for him um, the end of a journey. And and during that journey, he realized that. Um, These people, he says to um, Father Rodriguez, they're not dying for Jesus. They're dying for you. God is silent. You don't have to be. Apostatize. Save their lives. It's so powerful. There's so much character. There's so much— And there's
0: such audacity to it. As well to say that all of these people who you've been preaching to, they're incapable of accepting what you're saying. Like he's, what, he's, it's the message and the right, people are incompatible. Right,
1: and it's a love of the Japanese. It's a new understanding. He says these people have so much wisdom, but they can't appreciate anything that is not of this world. And you think they're talking about Jesus, and when they talk, or whatever, they're talking about the not the return of oh, Jesus, but the, the return sun. of the sun. Oh, so a powerful it, scene. In many ways, it's a kind of, uh, I'm sorry, Portuguese missionaries, a lot has been lost in translation here. One of the really interesting um, kind of aspects of this that ripples through, I don't think uh, Scorsese pays much attention to it, is how you can convey these religious ideas when you have such language barriers. And the, the, for me, the most dramatic sequences are, are not the stepping on the a symbol of Jesus. Um, um, although uh, there is that Japanese character who is sort of he, who who's, uh, the Judas character, and his relationship to that gesture is 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 fascinating. But but the sequences when there are debates between the the uh, the shogun's inquisitor, and language is an issue, and they have to talk about um, what Buddhism is versus what Christianity is. That's fascinating, but uh, the Andrew Garfield doesn't convey this great internal struggle. And, and um,
0: so that, I think it's yeah. fatal
1: to the movie. You know, the, the Bruce Beresford film of many years ago about the Jesuits trying to evangelize the Iroquois called Black Robe is fantastic because you see, you really, you actually, you know, you're not dealing with, with, with peasants who can't speak, where, where there's a horrible language issue. They struggle with trying to convey the essence of uh, of Christianity to people who don't accept it. Here, um, they're going. They're, this is a second generation of priests, and they just assume that the church has been created there, and they're just maintaining it.
0: Uh, you're listening to Deep Focus on WNHHLP, New Haven's Home for Community Radio, and uh, I'm joined by Alan Appel. My name's Tom Breen, and we're talking about Martin Scorsese's new movie, Silence. I agree that Andrew Garfield may not be the most effective at communicating anything other than a kind of eager naivete, but two people, I, w- I want to focus on two performances, and we've spoken a little bit about Liam Neeson, but one relatively small role, even though he's at the top of the bill, who I found very effective in this movie, is Adam Driver as Garupe, the other Jesuit priest. I think, talk about a face that communicates exactly what that character is all about. He is the most uh, austere, kind of dour Uh, menacing it's kind of like an upside down sunken triangle of a face and he is the uh, he doesn't have there's not much struggle within that character he's not really the focus of the movie or the story but he is someone who both who, who both doubts the effectiveness of their mission but also is so certain that no one can renounce Christ when put to a point of trial, right? He he knows that if you're if you're going to tremble uh, in front of the Inquisitor. It's okay to tremble, but just make sure that you don't step on that symbol, because then you are truly renounced. And I find everything about the rigidity of the Portuguese church that Andrew Garfield is kind of moving away from and towards Japan is embodied in Adam Driver's character. But let's also talk about
1: Kichi. And and his body is interesting, too. He's got this really—I don't know if these guys fasted for it, but they have these tortured bodies and— and his mm-hmm. body is white and actually i think the movie makes a very wrong turn when when it builds up to a final uh, to to a, a penultimate meeting between the two of them i thought they were going to meet and i thought they were going to debate because because they had developed a conflict about and
0: instead it. we get more torture
1: instead he's tortured right. so i mean that that sort of tells you something about um, what Scorsese did. I think he made some wrong decisions.
0: But let's talk about Kichijiro just for a second more. This is a Japanese actor named Yosuke Kubozuka, Ko- and he plays the, I guess the the Judas role. It's actually funny in Last Temptation of Christ, uh, Harvey Keitel plays Judas and in oh. all, he, he kind of feels like a Brooklyn, you know, gangster transported to uh, ancient Judea. But <laughs> but here we have someone who is, uh, he is almost addicted to to sinning and then repenting. (laughs) And we see him constantly kind of betraying his principles and his family and himself and then constantly coming back. And he is, I mean, for the Andrew Garfield character, he is, you know, he is the true trial of Christianity. If Jesus is supposed to love the most wretched of the earth, here's the guy who's constantly debasing himself and then constantly, not even demanding, he's asking for absolution. And what can a good Christian say except here, let me hear your confession one we're, more time. I found this, this a really st- fascinating. Character. It is
1: because that because the, the Japanese guy is he's in like the confession racket. I mean, the thing he has learned from the Portuguese priest is that you could like screw over everybody and everything. Watch your wife and your children get burned up in, in you know uh, uh and um and then you're guilty and you confess and you can start again. But he's not
0: malicious in it. You know, he doesn't seem like he's consciously exploiting the system. He's just he's found something that will repent. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it enables his various weaknesses as well, but he certainly found something that he finds a legitimate amount of uh, kind of ease of mind from, and then he's off to selling people well, again. It, it,
1: his character and what he does, you know, that kind of uh, making uh, naive, pietistic Christianity just the gestures without depth beyond that, make when he makes that work for him. I mean, I think, and you know, Martin Scorsese is going to not want to hear it, but this movie between between showing uh, despite what his um his obvious aims are as you described in your your thoughtful introduction the movie basically says um you know uh christianity uh is um this is uh uh christianity is like the um it's easy to exploit and uh uh, it's very hard to to, to to get to the point where you understand its sophistication Buddhism is so superior to Christianity and the silence which is at the essence of Buddhism in spite of what Scorsese is intending to say really triumphs in this movie Christianity comes across as uh, a religion of of uh, people who are treated like beasts and who uh, who for whom life in this world is so terrible as the early Christians experienced it on, you know and the in and during the the um, um, origins of Christianity that it you know uh, Christianity's big message I guess it's still its big message is that this is a veil of tears and uh, uh, you can suffer as much as you want Buddhism uh, comes across to me as uh, as the as the triumphal religion in this film I don't know if Scorsese wanted to make that point
0: yeah, I don't know I find this movie more an indictment of uh, organized religion as it relates to the the Catholic Church or the Jesuit Church thanks the Catholic Church. Um, and in particular, how just the pomposity and like audacity of thinking that you can pick up an entire kind of religious institution, a whole way of thinking and acting and organized society and transport it to an entirely different part of the world and assume that exactly the way that you've envisioned it uh, will take root in the, the land that you are moving to. It, it requires an individual just an incredible level of condescension to the people that you are preaching to, to think that they are going to understand things and adopt things in exactly the same way that you are. But I do think that at least, I mean, not speaking for myself, what I think Scorsese is communicating is that uh, the arc of this Andrew Garfield character ultimately is a very Christian one. And the self-sacrifice so core to like the story of Christ is one that he winds up, I mean, he makes a very big sacrifice in that, he decides that he cannot continue with his mission. He has to persevere in this place where he can no longer kind of offer what he thinks as like salvation and, you know, the good word. Instead, he has to kind of suffer silently. And then at the end, we see, I wasn't crazy about the end sequence, but we do see a kind of transcendence for him. He gets to, um, who, who knows where he's going after this earthly realm, but he certainly gets to um, die in a way that befits his kind of understanding of how Christians should sacrifice themselves. So you think he was a
1: secret Christian all those years? Oh, yeah. Oh, I certainly am. Just because... uh, I mean, I
0: think what Scorsese is saying is that one is, you know, remember that debate about the universe, like how does one deal with universal truths in like a relativistic reality? Uh, and he is someone who, you know, no matter what he is practicing in the world, at his core, he has been so touched by this Christian faith that it's not something he could shake, even if he wanted to. And so, I think he kind of carries it with him silently and painfully until his last incineration.
1: Yeah, I think what the I, I think that uh, uh, yeah, I I, I I would land on the side of that being more ambiguous than you make out. Um, uh, it's not a very appealing. <laughs> Not a very. I, I mean, I don't know what what uh, Christian publications are making of this movie. I don't think it's much of an advertisement for Catholicism. It seems to me, but um, but one of the interesting kind of uh, it's to speak to your point about uh, the imperialism of religion and how often the priest um, uh, is the first person who steps off the boat, followed by the conquistador with the sword, is the fabulous scenes where after they uh after uh rodriguez has apostatized the uh the inquisitors are using the two of them uh under their supervision to examine uh materials a decade or two have gone by and the japanese have finally allowed just one of the four suitors of the of japan the the dutch to establish a trading post and they sit there um examining what might be christian contraband is a little crucifix Uh, uh, hidden inside a telescope or a book it's fabulous and they keep on saying christian not christian christian not christian and what's not christian is okay to be used in trade that's wonderful i mean that really conveys a huge amount of what uh the role of religion really was in um in coming to japan and to new worlds
0: and their religious practice has been reduced to nothing but a formality i mean a superficial recognition of whether or not this happens to fall in this bucket or that bucket and that's what i mean i've i really the parts of if i really love the stepping on the symbol sequences i also really liked whenever the in, the inquisitors and interrogators they took this kind of resigned slump to their bodies and they yes. pleaded with the peasants and they said we don't really care about this, you know. We yes. don't care if you're Christian. Just step on the thing, so we don't have to kill you. That's and right. I find, in I mean, that is that Japanese actor was wonderful with the Inquisitor. Yes. Yeah, I he says it's yeah. it's just a symbol.
1: It's just a symbol.
0: Let's talk just for a second about Scorsese as a filmmaker, because I think you open with saying this is a beautiful film, and I I want to well, I want to hear what you thought you found beautiful about it. But I think we also have to recognize that Scorsese, I mean, he is one of the kind of. High, most highly regarded auteurs from 1970s, kind of American cinema when c- cinema supposedly kind of grew up, and all of these art house filmmakers had studio money to or make really Taxi real- Driver, taxi driver Mean Streets, Raging Bull. Right. Um, Goodfellas, Gangs of New York later on. So, I mean, he is someone who knows how to move a camera. And I think that sometimes we get uh, unnecessary camera movement, but we also, I mean, he established, he has like a vocabulary. You know, he has like quick pans to the left when we see a procession moving forward. So we know that we're always going to start with the figure who's kind of in control. And then we see someone in chains and then we see someone smiling afterwards. We see a lot of zoom outs and kind of rapid zoom in.
1: It's exactly right. You're aware when, when you're watching one of his movies that the pupil in your eye is changing size. As you, you, as you're, you, you really are uh, kind of a captive of his camera.
0: And sometimes it's garish, but sometimes I mean, one of my, I was really, I was just kind of awestruck uh, in the first twenty minutes. And I was following along. I, I enjoyed the visual aesthetic, but then all of a sudden, when we see the Padres first exchanging a cross with the Christian villagers, and everyone stops talking, we see one of the villagers look at the Padres chest. He slowly looks down. We see the cross. He hands it over it it takes place over the you know maybe 10 seconds and just close ups of hands and crosses but the silence of it and the the intense just focus of it i was i was really blown away by there was no kind of uh you know very conspicuous camera movements flying all over the place but he knows how to use a close up to really focus the audience's attention on important and kind of moving parts of the frame
1: right he also he also knows how like uh, a uh, a bushido guy you know one of the samurai guys who's one of the guards to knows how to slice off a head and how that to frame it so was that, really something and
0: it's all viewed from within the jail cell so you see these vertical like bamboo divides between the body of the you know person doing the beheading and then the beheaded and he right, knows and, how to compose a frame he right? does
1: and 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 it's so interesting in that in that moment um where you, where if if you if you if i faulted him for crucifixion porn or lingering too long um, uh, you you would you would think if that if that were uh, an accurate case against him that we would see the the headless body and blood spurting and that he would linger on that he doesn't do it at all, and why he, why doesn't he do it? Well, it's possible because that's got nothing in itself to do with the suffering of Jesus.
0: We do see the body dragged across see the, the floor with the red and streak of blood and the head rolls blood.
1: to Andrew Garfield's <laughs> so, cell. Right? Yeah, but it's not it's not like this the isn't long... a Mel
0: Gibson level of. Uh, torture porn and i remember in hacksaw ridge it's just constantly body you know limbs exploding from bodies right now there that. isn't as much reveling kind of joyfully and sadistically in the violence right, here
1: right uh, but,
0: but you still but you still have a catholic kid
1: who at age 14 or 15 uh, was so taken by it must have been so taken by the suffering of jesus uh these characters and andrew garfield and uh and adam driver they begin to look more like uh um uh, Durer's pictures of the suffer as the movie goes on they ride on donkeys their hands are tied um uh you know uh, he
0: the- even sees an icon representation of Christ when he when he's kind of going mad like the began- going mad sequence he looks in the reflection of the stream and he sees I, I, I yearn Jesus looking back for nothing more him.
1: than to feel vinegar in my mouth i mean really guys uh, but so, but uh, you know Scorsese who i loved listening to when he talks about his own movies cuz there's such a there's such a kind of a, you know Brooklyn um, Italian modesty about him, but he says, and has said numerous times that he thought seriously of becoming a priest, and you can you can you can feel that here, and it it comes out of some kind of uh visceral connection with this suffering and i I confess maybe maybe you know I, I'm like a Hebrew school dropout myself, but i don't I don't get it myself. There's something about the aesthetic of the suffering that it's, it, 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 um, it, it's just it hurts too much viscerally to for me to get beyond that to appreciate what it obviously means to him and many other people.
0: I think that Scorsese sees uh, the self sacrifice and like self flagellation of Christianity as one way of bringing incredibly proud characters to task, and I think that's something that. You, you've seen a number of his movies, these oh, people right. with egos of just gargantuan size. And what is the one thing that wrote, that instills a little bit of humility in them? For Scorsese, it's this kind of universal truth that this is, you know, just a, a fleeting mor- mortal coil and whatnot. And, and to well, that,
1: well, well, that, well, that's right. Be gentle it, with it. it. It's funny that uh, I'm, I'm visualizing Robert De Niro doing... Uh, Doing, uh, you know, push-ups and stuff, and staring at himself in the mirror in Taxi Driver, in very much the same way that um, that Father Rodriguez is do- is 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 doing. And um, but uh, but yes, uh, uh, I'm not sure what I'm agreeing with, but I think a lot of what well, I the, have to say. Well,
0: the toppling of proud characters through yes. Christianity, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um. So th- this is a movie that, and this the last question I thought you right. This is a movie that you a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, singled out as one that you really wanted to review. Did it? What was it that was motivating that excitement? And did it? Did it meet those expectations? It sounds like you're a little disappointed leaving the. Well, leaving I was so film.
1: intrigued by by um, um, I guess it was Jeremy Irons who was the who was the lead Jesuit in Bruce Beresford's movie. I, the I, I've always been interested in the Jesuits and uh, that wonderful film that I r- referenced earlier about the um, uh, the evan- evangelizing among the Iroquois in Quebec. And I thought this was going to be a similar movie, but whereas the Bruce Beresford movie was about uh, a great deal had to do with the journey through the wilderness, um, uh, uh, and, and uh, actually the struggle of making the case for Christianity, um, this movie disappointed me because that aspect of it uh, was not there. Uh, it, it, you know, it was a different story. And um, uh, although
0: this movie is obsessed with the Uh, natural environment of Japan, both in terms of the dialogue and in the visual representation. I mean, if only maybe that contrast wasn't drawn clearly or enough in that I loved how we open in this Portuguese, uh, very austere church that is completely blank and very tall and very imposing and very empty when the two Jesuits are kind of they convince their, um, their leader, bishop to, their bishop, right, right. To, to let them go on this mission. And there's a fabulous overhead shot oh, of, of them the walking stones. down the steps, right? right and you get the sense right. of it's it's blank, it's imposing, but it's also like the emptiness is part of the both the means of intimidation and the spiritual heft of Christianity. Then we get to Japan, where it's constantly being referred to as fallow ground for spirit, you know, for Christianity. Nothing can take root here, but we see nothing but just. You know, trees blossoming left and right. We see all water rolling over rocks. This is a very. If there's a fetish in this movie, it's the like naturalism of the Japanese landscape. The way well, that everything well, is integrated into the environment.
1: Well, so you say. But the flip side of that vision of naturalism is it's full of uh, it's full of uh, abject poverty. People living like beasts. Mud and rain everywhere. There's a lot of rain going on here. Uh, these are terrible physical conditions. It's a veil of tears. For the japanese the reason it's fallow ground is because these people are miserable and you know that is the um that's one of the uh, that's, the tar- that's why it's a target population
0: black robe by the way is the fi- the bruce beresford film black robe jeremy black
1: irons bruce, bruce beresford that's right now i, I and the and it's a uh, uh and it, it takes a lot more time in the beginning uh, as the as the as the young priest Jeremy Irons kind of gear up to go into the uh into the wilderness you can't fault somebody for making the movie that he made and scorsese made this but you know the final title in the movie is for the greater glory of the christians and the priests of japan i mean he's paying some sort of i think he must have gotten fixated as a young man about this particular chapter in christianizing history and it's a kind of um it's a kind of Um, love letter or homage or uh, a a way to do justice to what he uh just got hooked on yeah and And uh, you feel that there's it's full of profound emotion
0: and at at a time of just incredible superficial uh of nominally Christian domination of the American cultural landscape. I wonder if there's something particularly appealing. I know that, you know, my mom, who is also quite a devout Christian but does not identify at all with kind of mainstream American Christianity. She, you know, always looking for stories in which Christians seem to be living up to Christian ideals. And I think that there must be something appealing to Scorsese as someone who is interested in grappling with faith, not at a megachurch, in finding a story where Christians are the persecuted minority and Christians are the ones trying to um, implement some kind of like legitimate. Uh, 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 they're they're not just looking to rape and pillage. Um, and I think that they're. I think that's. This is the perfect kind of story for someone who is a Christian um, and is interested in uh, kind of forgetting for a minute the state of Christianity in America today.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. And I th- and I think it probably would get rave reviews on Fox News, where they continually point out how christians are persecuted in iraq uh you know and and you know uh countries where there are 12 christians are persecuted there too however absolutely but i uh, but you know sometimes you ask at the end of our chats whether i would recommend it and in spite of my um uh you know being troubled by this film i just it's just wonderful it's full of information and uh you know chapters in history that most people don't know about
0: Let's Silence by Martin Scorsese, uh, uh, an adaptation of the 1966 Endo book about 17th century uh, Japan and the persecution of Christian minorities, and is playing at the Criterion, uh, and probably a number of theaters, but the Criterion in downtown New Haven. Um, Alan, thanks so much for chatting about it. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. All right, you can find a complete archive of Deep Focus episodes at deepfocusradio.com, and we will be back next week with another movie review and conversation uh, with someone doing interesting things around film in New Haven.